Hey y'all, it's Libby, and welcome back to the Today's the Future podcast. Our guest today is Ethan Himka. He is a freelance logo designer, and he started this business in 2017. And in this episode, we just talk a little bit about pros and cons of working as a freelancer, how to build a brand, how to price your services, finding ideal clients. And you can follow Ethan on Instagram at Ethan Himka Graphics. Super cool stuff on there. Very satisfying to watch his process. And you can also follow the podcast at Today is the Future underscore. Throughout high school, I'd always really liked my art classes and I enjoyed taking art classes. I enjoyed doing yearbook class as well. So I'd always kind of had an eye for design. I was never, I was never an amazing artist. Like I was never making these masterpiece paintings or drawings. Um, so that was actually part of the reason I decided graphic design because I noticed in graphic design you don't have to be an amazing, you don't have to be amazing at sketching or painting. A lot of it is it involves type design, designing logos. Like a lot of logos, you don't even have to really be a good drawer per se to make a good logo like you can you can use adobe illustrator you can there's a lot there's a lot you can make up for um if you go into graphic design for sure so that was what made me decide to go into that i um i really didn't know a ton about it but the first couple semesters i really enjoyed the classes and i was glad i i was glad i picked that for sure oh nice yeah so you didn't so you hadn't really like played around with it before you decided to nope. try it in college i had no idea like i interesting okay. i downloaded the programs like my first semester on my computer i never even touched adobe illustrator photoshop any of that i just went just kind of threw myself right into it huh <laughs> yeah um and when was there was there like a specific point where you were like oh i could like potentially make money off of this or I or I or even just like I really like this like I could see myself doing this for a long time yeah um so after my sophomore year of college I'd uh I'd started my Instagram page Ethan Himka graphics and I I would kind of post stuff here and there um just some mm-hmm. just some uh artwork I made for fun I probably had maybe around like eight or nine hundred followers and the one time some yeah. some guy from Germany just contacted me. He was like, hey, can you make a logo for my photography page? And I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was just like, all right, sure. So I, I didn't even charge him anything. He was like, yeah, I don't have any money, so can you just do it for free? And like me being a student, I felt bad charging anything. So I was like, I was like okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And it, honestly, it was, like looking back at it, I cringed so hard because I, I probably went through. <laughs> like He had me fix it like 10 or 15 times never even paid me. He told me he's going to give me a shout out for it too. That never happened. But I mean, good. Hey, it was a good learning experience. But true, after that, I was true. like, you know, if I actually can get better at this, learn how to deal with clients and um, just set good boundaries too, I could potentially make some good money from this. So that was yeah. Yeah, after my sophomore year was when I started to really look into that. Nice. And um, what was I going to ask? Oh yeah. If you, um, if you hadn't have, I mean, when you first signed up for graphic design, yeah. uh, was that um, was it just kind of like to fill a credit, or were you like, yes, I do actually want to learn this skill? Because I feel like sometimes it's it's either or. I actually really wanted to go in like all in on it. I really didn't. I didn't oh, really nice. know what I was gonna what that would entail, but mm-hmm. I um yeah. Usually, if I sign up for something, I'm gonna be all in on it. So I definitely, even though I didn't know what I was doing ahead of time, I was like, you know what? For now, I'm just gonna go all in see how this goes. I can always switch it a couple of semesters later if I absolutely hate it. But usually if I decide something, I, I usually stay strong in it and don't, don't switch it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And do most of your clients come through Instagram? Like as a freelancer, like who, where yeah. do you get most of your clients from? Honestly, Instagram does help, but I've noticed a lot have just been through word of mouth and people I know. Interesting. Okay. Um, like I used to be super, super introverted, like early in college and high school, but especially my last couple semesters and last year and this year, I've really branched out, like made a lot of new friends, made more nice. connections. And I found that honestly just helps the business more because um, I'm not even tr necessarily trying to sell anything to anyone. Like I'm just meeting new people, but then they tell their friends or they tell their family about my business. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of how that, that's how I get some clients. Like I've, this past summer, I worked with one of my friend's brothers. I worked with, I, right now I'm working with a friend of a friend, um, a roommate of a friend right now. But social media does help because it kind of gives you that social proof. Like people can see like, okay, yeah. Ethan has 15K followers. He must be legit. Um, but then also it just comes down to being personable and actually making real connections because you could have 50K followers on Instagram, but if you don't know how to get on the, on the phone and talk to a client, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Well, and um, I don't know. I had never really thought of looking for a graphic designer or someone that made logos on Instagram. Because like when I was starting my podcast, uh, you know, you look at like Fiverr or like Upwork or something and usually it doesn't go well, but I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, kind of what I've heard too. Yeah. And so I like hired someone and she was out of like Pakistan or something. And I think oh, there was like a partial like language barrier. Oh, yeah. And um, I really didn't like the final product. So I literally ended up just making the cover art myself on oh, Canva. Man. The thing about um, a lot of those things like Fiverr. And yeah. Upwork, it's a good idea on paper, but mm -hmm. it's a lot of people that'll just they'll go on there like d designers will sign up for it people pay them $5 to make a logo, they'll go on another website, like some free logo generator website, get it from there and then just give it to the client. So you're kind of getting what you Oh my you gosh, for. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. So I've never, I've never really touched that because then I'm just competing with all those people who are selling logos for $5. I'm like, why do I want to yeah. go where everyone else is? Yeah. It's honestly, don't go there because it's yeah. not, it's not good. I probably won't. <laughs> um, so back to like the main topic we're going to talk about of the podcast. Uh, what are some pros and cons that you've experienced as a freelancer? Yeah, sure. Um, as far as pros, I would say I like that I get to set my own schedule. Obviously, I still have to work a lot. But if I want to take the whole morning off and do something else, I can do that. And I can just work in the afternoon. If I want to spend all day just messing around doing something, I can work at <laughs> night. If I want to... Yeah. Like, whatever, so on and so forth. But, um, and same with my other job, too. Like, I can still work this part-time job, have something to fall back on, but then all throughout the rest of the day, I'm working on, on this side hustle. So, um, I'd say the um, freedom of time definitely is a pro. Um, I like that you can set your own prices, too, because if I was working for another design company, I'd probably be working, like, an hourly wage, um... I'd have to ask every time I want to have some time off or do something else. Whereas this, it's like, I can set my rate. I don't even have to work hourly if I don't want to. I can be like, I can charge a flat rate, like $500 for a logo. I can set it. Like, you're basically in control of everything. Um, mm -hmm. That'd be another good pro is just the control you have. Um, probably some cons. I would say, you since you're in charge of everything, you're also in, char in charge of finding clients too. You don't have anyone really doing that for you. Mm -hmm. So like you're not working for an agency with people that'll 
be finding people for you. So you kind of have to be putting yourself out there all the time too. So you definitely have a lot on your plate. You're basically managing all your social media, reaching out to people, um, keeping track of all your expenses, all of your, um, like all your payments and stuff. Because another con too is when tax season rolls around, like you're going to have, you have to keep track of everything. Um, figure out all that stuff too. Um, I mean, I'll probably hire an accountant or something for that, but, um, yeah, yeah. Like a lot, if you're not really good with, um, money or time management, freelancing could be tough Mm -hmm. because I mean, you've got all this money and then you could be spending it all. And then you're also, um, Mm -hmm. you're also your own boss. So you could, a lot of people are probably really lazy as freelancers and (laughs) waste a lot of time too. Um, yeah. So that'd be another con I'd say. Yeah. And as far as time management, like what are some of the habits you've had to make to, uh, cause it is definitely hard to manage your time, especially like, oh, yeah. um, cause I do this and then my book and then I also work part time doing marketing. And so, uh, yeah, you have to definitely be like self-motivated. So yeah. how do you, how do you figure that out? As far as self-motivation, um, I try to block out times for specific things. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to be on social media or answering messages or whatever, I just block out a half hour where I can do that as much as I want. I'll check all my social medias. I'll answer all my emails and messages. And then once that half hour is up, back to work. And I'll block out a full hour, hour and a half where I'm just working on one thing. I'll put my phone on do not disturb, maybe even turn it off and try to lim- eliminate all distraction. Um, so definitely that find also finding good places where it's really quiet and you're not distracted. Um, some people might, might not be able to work at a coffee shop cause it can be loud in there sometimes. Um, so like, right, like this area in my house, I have this room, like this back room where it's really quiet. Um, oh, that's, that's nice. always kind of my spot. So I, I have a window nearby. I can look outside if I want to <laughs> take a quick breather. Um, usually pretty quiet in here. So definitely find a good spot. Um, Use good music, too, because a lot of people listen to music when they work, but a lot of it's really distracting music with words. Like, there's always a time and place for that, but whenever I'm working, I try to use music that's, like, maybe instrumental music or something that really actually helps you focus. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I feel the same way because sometimes I, uh, I don't know, I guess it also depends on what I'm doing. Like if I'm, if I'm like writing something, I, some, I usually have a hard time listening to music. Yeah. Um, just cause I just want to listen to the music. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it definitely, it definitely, um, depends. Yeah. And also along with like time management and self-motivation, um, how do you, um, like, do you schedule out your days? Because you say you, like, block those pieces out. Um, or do you just kind of say, like, every day from this time to this time I work? I don't typically do the same exact thing every day because then it can get a little... Yeah. T- like, it, it just, the repetition tedious. can get a little annoying and it's yeah. kind of tedious. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll I'll switch it up from day to day. I won't have, like, the exact... Here, I can even look at my schedule right here. Like, I have on my post-it notes, I just write, like... I just write a list of everything I want to get done and in the order. So like first thing today I had work on a sign for Michael because I make, I'm designing a sign for a realtor. Um, after that I had post video on all social media. Um, after that I had send out messages cause I'm, I'm managing the social media for one of my clients. I'm sending out messages for him. Um, oh, cool. and then so on and so forth. Like I just have probably 
I had a list of like eight things, and so I just do them in order as long as it takes me. So I'll just nail the first thing, on to the next thing, and just keep going. Um, I don't have a specific time because sometimes you have to roll with the punches. Something might take a little longer than I expect, or mm-hmm. I might run into something. Um, there's always interruptions throughout the day, so I just you gotta learn to roll with the punches too. Yeah, true. And I yeah, I get really like. Um... I don't know, like obsessed with my time management, I guess. So sometimes I'm not very good at like rolling with the punches, but yeah, you can uh, play. It's you know. tough too. Cause a lot of, sometimes I really like to over plan, but sometimes it just comes down to, you just got to take action. You can plan all you want, but if you're not taking action, it's not really yeah. going to matter. Yeah. And when you were saying that you, I mean, cause obviously charging a flat rate is way better than an hourly. Mm. Um, how did you decide, like, how? Because I think that's the hardest part when someone's starting as a freelancer is trying to figure out what they should be charging as a flat rate. That's a good question. Um, well, you, first off, you can start cheap, but then just gradually increase it. So I did that. Mm-hmm. But then also I took other things into consideration too. Like I looked at other designers that I figured were kind of on my level. Mm. And then I would look at their website and see what they charged. Just as kind of a good reference, because I'm like, okay, if they're at about the same level as me and they're charging that, I shouldn't feel bad if I'm charging this price. I talked to other people about it, like different clients, like, hey, is that a fair price, in your opinion? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, not clients that I was going to work with, but people afterward, I was like, do you think those prices were fair after I worked with you? And oh, everyone yeah. was always like, yeah, That's absolutely. smart, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, just talking to people, doing research. I'd actually seen something. And have you changed your flat rate as you've gone? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've changed it. Um, yeah. Okay. At this time last year, I was charging like $50 for a logo, which looking back at it, I'm like, why was I doing that? But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've always got to, there's always a point where you have to learn that. But um, I've always heard too, I can't remember where I heard it. Someone was saying like the moment like a client starts to get a little hesitant about a, a price, that's actually when you know that you're probably setting a good price. If every time you say your price to a client, they're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. You're probably going too cheap. So you probably actually... Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you almost should actually kind of push the boundary a little bit. Um, okay. What I've noticed, yeah. And, oh, oh, I was going to ask, um, do you also do um, content creation for clients? I mean, I know you said you did me- you're doing messages for that one client, or do you, or is it just like kind of a one and done package deal? Yeah, um, that's actually something I've just gotten into recently, so I'm still trying to mm. figure out the prices for that. On my website, I just have reach out to me for a free quote, so I'll probably just kind of base it off of what they need. Um, some of that is in the works, though. I'm talking one of my um, retainer clients, like I, he comes to me for work all the time. Um, he's been talking to me a little bit about um, like designing content for his Instagram that he can just post every day throughout the month and we'll just figure out a a fee like per post or per month or something but um definitely something I'm looking into um because it's kind of a win-win on both ends like I'm able to get a retainer client but then I'm also able to save them time too because they don't really have to worry about making anything for social media yeah and that's I feel like when it's an ongoing client it's especially hard to figure out uh what you should be charging because if it's just like you know exactly what you're giving them but when it's something like that, it kind of varies, so it's kind of hard to... Yeah, plus um, they're a long-term out. client, so you, you do want to go a little easier on them, too, because they're giving you business yeah. and referring you out to other people, too. Yeah. And um, another question I wanted to ask you was, um, you 
Um, I mean, your Instagram is really well done, like okay. very cohesive. I appreciate it. Um, what's what's your strategy for like having a cohesive feed, but also just like cohesive throughout your brand, like the brand <laughs> of your business? Yeah. So for my feed specifically, I typically right now I've been doing every so it'll be two posts or a video, and then one post will be more of like an information post. So I'll do maybe like mm -hmm. a carousel with some information or I'll just do one picture and I'll just do some information with like a tip for a design freelancer. So it kind of goes in that pattern, like two videos, one info post, two videos, one info post. Um, that's kind of how I'm doing it. But then as far as like my whole brand, I've been using color to really make my brand cohesive. Like I use kind of like that light, lighter blue and then the darker blue. Like you'll notice that on my website and then my Instagram, Facebook, all that. Fonts I use the same ones throughout it, um, mm -hmm. and just kind of the same overall look. Like I just go for a really clean, minimalistic look, because um, that's kind of what my logos are known for. Is just like a really modern look. I don't really none of them are really super detailed. I go for a really clean, classy look. Yeah, which yeah. is usually better. I feel like people tend to like overly detail their logos, and I feel like simple is usually exactly usually better because people put it on yeah. social media where it's going to be shrunk in their profile yeah. picture. So if it's super detailed, when you're scrolling and you see their profile picture, you're not really gonna be able to recognize it right away. And um, I was reading some of the um, like tip posts you've um, posted and I looked at your blog a little bit. Oh, nice. Um, and there's one thing that I really liked that you said about like making your brand cohesive. And you said when you, uh, when everything is cohesive, you buy real estate in their heads, mm. which I really liked the way that that was phrased because that's so true. And I'd never really thought about it that way um, that you, it helps you become like top of mind as well. Because yeah. every time they, Every time they see it, um, they, they, they know exactly what they're looking at. Yep. Yeah, because then all of a sudden, if I just started posting, like, a bright red or, like, a yellow, people are going to be like, whoa, who is this? But then all of a sudden, they see the they see that light blue, and they know, oh, okay, Ethan's got a new video. Or Ethan's got a new infographic or whatever. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> yeah. And I can, yeah, and I can tell, like, with your website and the way it's set up and your Instagram, you're very intentional with, like, everything that you post and uh, how you how you set stuff up. And um, yeah, I also read another one of your, I think it was a blog post and it was about um, making sure to pique their interest before you like pitch somebody or like make a call to action, mm. um, which I think is also really important. Um, Cause a lot of times, I mean, you're way more likely to, to get someone to say yes, if you like build a relationship with them first, yes. as opposed to taking it as like, let's go get coffee and I'll do my 15 minute pitch of, and why you should invest money in me. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yep. So I really liked that too. Yeah. It's like, are you going to go up to a girl on the street and just all of a sudden ask her to marry you? Like you want to, you want to build up a relationship <laughs> first. So it's yeah. the same thing with a, with a business client. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't just try to pitch them right away because they might not even be a good fit anyway. Get to know each other first. Um, see if you're a good fit and then, then go for the pitch. Um, yeah, because I see that a lot on Instagram. Like Even people will reach out to me asking me like if they want to manage my social media or just all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you're trying to pitch me. I don't even know you. You probably just copied and pasted <laughs> this message to like 100 you're people. Like, who are you? Yeah, so I just... I mean, I delete stuff like that. I don't blame people for deleting stuff like that that I would have sent. Like you gotta yeah. get to know them first, and then see uh, mm -hmm. see if they're interested, and see if you see if you'd work well together. 
Yeah, and that's why also I started, because um, when I first started the podcast, I wasn't like sending any sort of introduction about who I was, oh. um, like in emails, and um, and like I was surprised because now that I'm looking back on it, I was like, why were people even responding to me? Like they don't even they have no idea who I am, and it's like it's over email mainly. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's where a lot of um, spam is, too. So people are probably just like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, uh, delete, no. <laughs> yeah, because I immediately, like, I, I just went to your website, and then I looked at your Instagram, too. I was like, okay, this is legit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But did, yeah. I, did I send an introduction? when I mm-hmm. I think I sent you an email. Yeah, you did. You sent it. Yeah, you sent I did. an introduction. Good. So yeah. I had made the switch. Good. Yeah, you did. You did. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> um, and another thing I wanted to ask, too, is I think a lot of times with freelance work, um, people um want to gain a following like you said like for credibility and um also to get clients to an extent how were you able to build your instagram did that just come with time or was there any sort of tactic you were using um i know a lot of people do like the follow unfollow i don't know if you did that i don't know if i'm a huge fan of that i'm not a huge fan of it to be honest i uh yeah i did that a little i did that in the beginning when I first Mm -hmm. had the account like after my sophomore year of college yeah i did that till i got to about a thousand followers and then I, after that summer, I followed everyone that like I wasn't following me. Ba- everyone that wasn't following me back, or I just didn't really care about their stuff. And then, yeah. then after that, I would just post consistently. And then it wasn't until this past winter, actually, um, I'd never posted a video before. And then I randomly, like this one day in December, I screen recorded mm-hmm. myself making a design. I posted it. And it, it just blew up. Like I had around two thousand really? followers then, and then I gained like a thousand in like a couple of days just because this one wow. video post. Like someone reposted it that was like a bigger page, so all these people saw it through that. And then it got like, I don't even remember how many likes it got. Like it got probably around huh. one thousand or two thousand, which is a lot at the time. Shoot, yeah. For me. Um, so I was like, wow, I should just keep doing these videos. So yeah, I did do them throughout like winter break, um, throughout the semester a little bit. Honestly, I was really busy. I didn't post a ton. But then when uh, quarantine hit, I would do them every day um, starting like at the end of March till around the end of May. And I think, yeah, I went from around 2000 something to 10K by the end of May Um, just from posting videos every day. So that definitely, I would say videos are something that gets people to stay on your post for a while because... If they uh, if they're looking at your post for a while, it's gonna Instagram. I don't know how like the whole algorithm algorithm works, but if mm. they're on your post for a while, it's gonna be more valuable to Instagram. They're gonna show it to more people. So whether you use the caption or use a video, just do something that get keeps people engaged for more than twenty or thirty seconds and gets people mm-hmm. to save it too. Because a lot of people would save the videos. Yeah, and um, I feel like with those two, there's. Because if it's just like an informational post um, yeah. about graphic design, it's only going to appeal to people that like graphic design. Mm. But with those, like those videos are just like satisfying. So yeah. like, anybody, like once you start watching, like, anyone would be interested in them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. For sure, for sure. And I use the inst- I use like the music on the Instagram video too. Like I kind of pick stuff that's not annoying, but songs that are almost kind of like Oh really? You just added in right there. Yeah. Like I put I put the songs in the background of the of the videos too. So then people get kind of hooked because like the music I strategically use music as well that's like really hypnotizing and kind of puts people yeah. in a trance. Smart, smart. Yeah. Yeah. 
And eventually, do you want to make this, like, your main source of income? Or would you like to, like, work for a graphic design, as a graphic designer, like, for a company? I would say definitely make this my own source of income. Um, Right now, I'm mostly specializing in logo design. But as I get more uh, more experience, I want to actually pick a specific niche and just solely focus on that niche. Um, Yeah. I've been collaborating collaborating with another designer right now who works in the aesthetics industry. So he mostly works with like plastic surgeons, hair salons, like just that type of thing. Um, but they, like, they have a lot of money in their pocket, so he's able to charge a lot. So I just want to find a niche that like really interests me, but then also they have yeah. good money too. So I wouldn't have any problem charging them one or two K for a logo. Um, yeah. And you can definitely, so. I feel like you can definitely make more because uh, I think a lot of people, their first thought, and like that's what I've, that's a common trend with the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed on here, is that your original thought is usually um, like product to consumer, as opposed to like uh, selling a service to a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and businesses usually have more uh, cash to spend on whatever your service is. Absolutely. Um, and like, yeah, and a lot of people that have been on here uh, made that switch at some point in their uh, business. So, yeah. Yeah. I just want to pick, I, I might pick one or two specific niches, probably start yeah. with one, make that niche profitable and then rinse and repeat and do the same thing with another niche. And then I might even may, have to make like a separate Instagram account for that specific niche because mm. say I end up working for like doing logos for doctors or hospitals or whatever. Like if I just all of a sudden started posting that on my account now, it wouldn't even mesh with like the other videos I have. So I, I might even make a separate yeah. account for my other business, I guess you could say, but, um, that's smart. Yeah. We'll yeah, see what happens. That's smart to think, to pick like one industry. Cause that definitely, cause then you gain credibility and like probably faster traction in that one, uh, industry. So yeah. yeah cause then when smart. they see that I actually specialize in their field and not just do designs for everyone, they'd be yeah. more apt to pick me, I guess you could say, but, um, yeah. For sure. And as far as like right now, is it, are there very, very many expenses that come along with doing graphic design? Like I know you have to, uh, cause software can be kind of expensive. Um, as I've realized like with podcasting, but other than that, is it, is it too bad? Honestly, not really for what I'm doing because most mm-hmm. of my work is digital. Like I do do mm-hmm. some, I do some print work like brochures but typically I'll design the brochure, send it to the company and they print it themselves. So I don't really have to worry about that type of thing. Um, I do print, I do pay for my software, the Adobe creative cloud software. Um, right now it's $30 a month cause I'm still technically on the student plan. I'm not sure when that runs out, but <laughs> yeah, I think it goes yeah. to 50 a month in the next couple months, I'm sure. But, um, that's pretty much the main expense. Um, not really too much else. I, I guess courses or books that I take here and there. Um, but even that, like a lot you can just find on YouTube or blogs yeah. and such. But um, there's not really a ton of expenses, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and that's nice, too. Uh, um, like with, with kind of a more service-based um, business, there aren't as many startup expenses. And I was wondering as well if... Does age ever become a factor with your clients? I mean, I guess mainly right now they're mostly word of mouth, but I'm just wondering if that's ever... Like if they wouldn't hire me because I'm only 22? Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
I haven't heard like anyone that hasn't accepted my offer hasn't given that reason before. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I typically <laughs> usually people just yeah. ask to see my work. A lot of people, like a lot of my clients, don't even really care like where I went to college or what degree I have. They just want to see what I yeah, can do. Yeah. They like to see the portfolio. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm sure it would be a factor for some people if I'm going to be working with someone who's in their 40s and they see that I'm only 22. Um, I don't know. But then it does help me with people that are my age or close to it because they can relate to me better. Um, yeah, true. So yeah. And um, yeah, I do feel like also, especially um, businesses uh, have become a lot more accepting of young people. Um, so. like, like as far as like credibility, like I don't feel like you have to work as hard for it as opposed to, I don't know, like maybe my parents' generation, uh, there wasn't quite as many, I don't know, it was a little bit more traditional. Like you kind of get a degree, work from the ground up. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, there probably wasn't, I mean, also with like the internet, there wasn't nearly as much freelancing probably. Yeah. Probably not as much at all. Um, yeah. 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 It is interesting. I'd, I'd like to see that, how it does, how age does um how much of a factor it is i guess but yeah i haven't noticed mm-hmm. it too too much and besides like you said that like followers uh tend to like make you seem more legit which makes sense yeah is there anything else that you do like purposefully to give like boost your personal credibility just acting professional like not mm-hmm. like there's a time and place to joke around and like be a goofball yeah. but i don't really typically do that for my business related things like People want to, mm-hmm. especially when they already see my young age, they want to see someone who's serious about what they're doing, not someone who's there to mess around or joke around all the time. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I joke around with all my friends all the time, but, like, if I'm if I'm going to be working for someone, you've got to present yourself in a good way. So, definitely how I talk, um, how I dress if I'm going to be meeting with someone. Um, yeah, Just sure. the whole way you present yourself um, plays a mm-hmm. huge role in it. Yeah, I agree. And, like... I am a big believer in the power of like a blazer or like a pantsuit or something because people will take you so much more seriously. Absolutely. I think especially like um, me being like a young woman and um, yeah, it's really interesting how how people's attitudes towards you will completely change simply based off of what you're wearing. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, they say not to judge a book by its cover, but I mean, people still are going to in a way. Reason, which is reasonable it's reasonable i mean don't be shallow but like if i was gonna hire someone to work with me i'd like i'd want someone that's presenting themselves well like not someone who's yeah looks like sure. a slob. <laughs> mm-hmm. so to kind of wrap up the podcast is there anything else like advice you would give to any other like entrepreneurs or graphic designers um i know it sounds super cliche but i would say just start start mm-hmm. now like i take action like people mm-hmm. plan so much and have like the perfect business plan the best thing you can do is just go like I've made so many mistakes in my design (laughs) career like I I cringe at some of them but I really don't regret anything because I've learned a ton from it a lot of people are afraid of oh I have to register my LLC I have to figure out all this how am I gonna do my taxes how am I gonna do this and that just start you can figure out a lot of it as you go um yeah, like so many people, like there's nothing wrong with planning, but so many people just tend to overplan. I was definitely in the same spot, but the best thing you can do is just, just go, just keep moving ahead, learn from everything. Um, and don't, 
like these are all such cliche things but don't be afraid to make mistakes so too, true, because though. i mm. wouldn't like i've made so many horrible mistakes throughout my design career and i'm glad for each one of them because i now whenever i'm at a certain point i can remember that time and know exactly what to do mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean Perfect answer, because, you know, that's what the podcast is all about. That's why I named it Today is the Future, because I think a lot of times young people, you're constantly told you're the future, you're the next, you're the next thing. But I think you can, you can make an impact and like be fulfilled right now, regardless of your age. Exactly. So I love that. Um, So at the end of all my podcasts, I like to do some rapid fire questions. Are you good to do that? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So the first question is, what's something you've changed your mind about in the last year? Hmm. I definitely love Florida. I wasn't. <laughs> I definitely didn't love Florida before, but I miss it right now. All right, all right. Um, a book and TV show you'd recommend? Oh, The Millionaire Fastlane. I was blanking on the name. Um, that was a super good book. Like they, it's by MJ DeMarco, and he's basically talking about people want to build a big business and get rich or whatever but they're taking the slow lane. Like they're just trying to save up money, um, save like $200 a month or whatever, but you've got to take the fast lane. You've got to take action and then mm, um, I like that. use your money to make more money, basically. Invest more money in your business. So on and so forth. Um, and then the last question I like to end on my, podca- my podcast with is, what are you grateful for today? Grateful for? I'm grateful to be alive and have all the abilities that I have. Um, Every day is a blessing. I love that I can be creative every day. I love that I can go outside and enjoy the beautiful weather. Um, Just grateful to be alive. Hope you all enjoyed the conversation I had with Ethan today. You can find more about him and myself in the show notes. Also, if you enjoyed the conversation, I would be sincerely thankful if you went and left a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And I will see you here again next week.